Hello, welcome to episode 143 of the Good Good Golf Podcast. Rod Murray practicing some maths ahead of the week's premiere event, the LPGA's International Crowns Tournament in California. The format really is a little oh, strange, okay. <laughs> difficult to understand. Good. I'm not good with numbers, so it's awkward, awkward for me. We're privileged to have secured one of the Australian team for a chat today. Sarah Kemp along in just a moment ahead of what will be a terrific week, week's competition. But first, to the introduction totem pole, where top spot always goes to Adrian Logan. Logan, I know we've got a designated event on the PGA Tour this week, but for mine, this tournament at Harding Park will be the most interesting. Absolutely. Great golf course, just an outstanding field and an interesting format, which is returning to the tour after I think it was been away for five years. Five, four, five. So, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to this and interested to get Sarah's insights into yeah. it too. Now, normally we'd have Jimmy Emanuel in the studio, and today we were going to have him coming to us from PNG, but the digital technology <laughs> let us down a bit, so we're going to get Jimmy on the blower after we've finished chatting with Sarah Kemp. Sarah, thanks for uh, taking some time to chat to us. I just mentioned Jimmy's in PNG there. Where's the strangest place golf's taken you? Oh, my goodness. Um yeah, I played a pro-am in New Caledonia. I didn't think I'd ever go there. Um, where else? Gosh. Uh, oh, strangest. They're not strange, but I've been a lot of places. Yeah. I've been everywhere, you know, yeah. from Turkey to um, all through Europe, uh, but not, not too many strange ones. Foster Tun Curry's most well-travelled golfer, I think we could comfortably say you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, I am. <laughs> uh, how, how's the uh, atmosphere there, Sarah? As we've said, this is a really interesting event. Have you played this before? I didn't have time to look it up. Have you played the International Crowns before, or is this your first go? It's my first one. Um, I believe this is the fourth running of it, and uh, one of my teammates, Minji, has made all four. Uh, I think I've got that right. Yeah, uh, but, first yeah, time. this is my first one, and, yeah. Uh, so, no, it's it's great. It's um. Uh, I've always wanted to make one of these teams um, and yeah, we've had a, uh, it hasn't been on for the last five years and I knew I was close to getting in at the end of last year um, and uh, it was my goal for, yeah, pretty much all the end of last year and the beginning of this year and I just happened to scrape it in. Um, I had a grace by, you know, some kind of record silly number <laughs> of my new points. Um, it should have been both of us on that team but. I just happened to get it, so um, yeah, really happy, happy to be here. And it's just a, it's a cool atmosphere. You know, we've got a whole bunch of free stuff, golf bags <laughs> and shirts, and all with the, the Aussie flag on it, which is so cool. Um, but uh, yeah, playing with with Steph, Minji, and and Hannah in a team format is is so cool. Yeah, it's actually it's a pretty strong team. We'll come to that in a moment. Two things I want to raise here: don't let Minji get too big for her boots mm-hmm. just because she's played all four years. Good on her. Her first one was as an amateur as well. Oh right, yeah, she played as an amateur in it. Yeah, because her world ranking at that even at that time, her world ranking was, was good enough, enough to get in. And the other thing, Sarah, did you get a green and gold tracksuit? Even Mike Clayton's got oh, a green yeah. and gold tracksuit. I mean, Marcus Fraser's got a green and gold tracksuit. Mm-hmm. Do you get a green and gold tracksuit? We don't. I don't get a green and gold tracksuit, but we do get some really nice green shirts with uh, our names on the back with um, a number. Oh, we, what's your number? We had to pick – I'm seven, number seven. We all – we just picked our birthdays. The whole Aussie team just picked uh, the day we were born. Um, mine happens to be seven. Uh, but, yeah, we got some really nice green shirts so that's the only way you can tell that we're the Aussies because we have a green shirt. We all look the same other than that um, with, uh, <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, gosh, I think Sweden has a, a blue shirt and America has 
red, I believe. But uh, yeah, we're a nice green, um, and we've got plenty of those bucket bucket hats. I know Hannah likes bucket hats in team competition. That's uh... we we do. We have a bucket hat. Um, it's got the Aussie flag on it. Uh, my, it doesn't. It's a bit big for me. Um, so Greeny's <laughs> got a bigger head than me because uh, I can't wear mine. <laughs> I'm just wearing the uh, the plain white white cap. Well, hey, it'll be even a little bit bigger after winning last week in a mm. tournament that you weren't without a chance in, <laughs> Kempi. You were particularly through Saturday there where it was really playing tough. And I think you were a couple under for the last few holes there. It was uh, You were right in it. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was a good tournament. Um, I feel like I've played decent uh, this year um, and, it, and it was just nice to get on a golf course that, that really suited me. Um, I missed the cut the week before at Chevron. Um, it was a bomber's course. Um, but I wasn't uh, – Wilshire's got a, a real Aussie feel to it, uh, so it really suited my game. And, um, yeah, it, it was nice to – I just really enjoyed, you know, when you're having a good time, you know, it seems like you play good golf too. So I just liked the feel of the place and, and my game. <laughs> Rod's, Rod's got issues, technical issues, Sarah. Just stand by for a moment. Oh, no worries. Sorry about that, Sarah. Logue. Uh, I was just looking at the format for the event this week. Australia, there's two pools. Like, so there's there's pool play for the first three days. Um, and or ju- jump in if I get this wrong, Sarah, because it is quite complicated. Um, Australia's got pretty tough draw, but I mean it's all tough. The teams there's eight teams, four players in each team, um, and it is extremely high quality right across the board. Australia's in the pool with uh, Thailand, Japan, and Korea. So it's pretty, some pretty wow. tough competition yeah, there. Well. And the top two teams out of the pool play go through to the final day where there's semis and a final. Um, and all the pool plays four ball, I think that's right, Sarah? Correct, yes. Um, have you decided yeah, who the teams are going to be? Or? Oh, we have. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're well aware. We've been told by several people that we're in the group of death. Um, <laughs> so we've got the heart. We uh, we have a, a hard uh, a hard pull, but um, tomorrow uh, Greeny and I are versing um, Hu Ju Kim and Jin Young Ko, and uh, Steph and Minji are playing the other two Koreans. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we have a tough, the slightly tougher side. Um, but I mean. Wouldn't it be nice to, to, to get through, you know, beating the best? So we're kind of just taking it like that. And, um, I mean, it's we're having fun and we're all playing pretty good golf. So we'll just give it our best and we'll see how it goes. Golf's a bit different to like tennis or some of those other sports, isn't it, Sarah, in that it's much closer at the top level. The difference between number one and number 50 is actually not that great. And if number 50 is playing well and number one's just a bit off their game, <laughs> number 50 can roll number one in golf much easier than a lot of other sports. So that whole group of death thing, yes, it might all be true and we like to write about stuff before the tournament, but really once it comes to getting on that first tee, it's not like anybody in that group is so much better than anybody else that it's obvious who's going to win. So there's no uh, no question about that. Look, the bigger they are, the harder they fall too. Yeah. That'll be Jin nice. Just it's a nice two just, points to grab tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, the Koreans will rightly be embarrassed but when they get beaten two, two zip tomorrow. So what's it going to be like playing with Hannah? How well do you know her? You're probably, not probably, you'd be the oldest on the team, not in a bad way, but by some margin, Sarah. That experience, I imagine, isn't going to hurt. No, yes, I've been reminded by all the girls this week that I'm the oldest. Are they calling you um, mum? They, they do what? that sort of thing. Oh, come on, older sister. No, I'm not that old. No, I know you're not, but you yeah, can't exactly. trust young ones. Thank <laughs> exactly. you. 
go for it. Yeah, the older sister is much nicer. Yep. Um, but uh, no, yeah, I know Greeny well. Um, I probably uh, I see Steph a lot more being um, both from Sydney, uh, but we we sort of came up with the strategy of. Um, Hannah and uh, Steph have pretty colourful scorecards um, and they're, they're birdie machines basically um, where I don't I definitely don't make you know, I'm kind of uh, Minji said she was similar to me that you know we sort of make you know I don't know a lot more pars um, out there so we tried to split the two of us up um, and it, like cause sometimes I look at Steph's scorecard and I think even last week. I think I believe. I think she had six birdies last week and shot even par one day. And um, but it's it's pretty common that I see Steph scorecard like that. And I would say I'm more of you know like a fourteen pars, two birdies, two bogeys kind of girl. Um, so we split. We, that's the reason that we split um, us up. So no, I'm really looking forward to playing with Greeny. Um, you know, she she makes uh, a ton of birdies and she won last week. So I. Um, I'm set. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got a great partner, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just going to be fun. So for a player like Hannah Green to stand on the first tee and think, well, my teammate's even par, she's going to shoot even par, so I can just do whatever <laughs> I want to do. So if she makes bogey, you make par, no problem. She makes 10 birdies, fantastic. So that, I really like the team tactic there uh, as well. Uh, the whole team aspect, Sarah, this might be a long time since you would have played in a team, I imagine. It is yes. Um, we we did have a uh, thing uh, on the ladies' European tour. Um, it was called the Queens, I, b- I believe, the Queens Cup, um, and that was that consisted of um, Webby played in one of those. I played with Sarah Jane and Catherine Kirk. Um, I'm trying to. Someone asked Japan? me this the other day, and I was trying to think. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. that's the last team event. Um, team event, I believe I played for Australia. I played a couple of those, um, but yeah, gosh, other than that, it's you know interstate series in Australia. Yeah, which would have been mm-hmm. some time ago. And we were both a yeah. lot younger, Sarah. I probably covered it while you were playing. One of the reasons I asked that, and I want to get Logue's thoughts on this as well. All the talk, of course, in golf has been about live, and to a lesser extent, the Aramco series. One of the big elements about all of that stuff has been this team aspect. We saw this week. Georgia Hall and Charlie Hull pulled out. I don't want you to get yourself in any trouble with the controversy, but we saw Bronte Law's reaction to that, which was pretty prickly about not having been sent a text personally prior to the announcement being made in public. The point I was going to ask, though, Sarah, we see that in other sports, don't we? I know that you're a rugby league follower. You know, Player A punches player B at training, and there's a huge story for a whole week about that, and it drives interest in the game and the sport, not necessarily for the right reasons, but it is there. What's your take on that? potential without necessarily getting to the live or the the England team thing what's your take on team golf potentially for golf I never thought it could work but I'm starting to think that there might be something in the concept um I mean yeah I like it uh it's it's nice mix up um uh, me personally, at the end of the day, though, um, I think I would prefer to play more how how I'm you know how it how we do now. Um, you know, Old. like a seventy-two hole individual. Um, yeah, maybe that's because I'm a little older, but um, but I do you know like a week like this is great. Um, so you know, do I, I I do see it working? Um, I don't I don't know the answers how you make it at work, but you know, adding more events like this um, to a schedule, I think will only help um i think yeah i don't 
I don't really know anybody that doesn't like, you know, playing in a, a team and, um, you know, especially when you get to represent your country. But, but yeah, teams, team golf, I do, I do think it'll work. What do you reckon, like that aspect of it? Because football is a seven-day news cycle, but it's only played for two days a week, mm-hmm. and they do that by all of this stuff that's going on internally. With it. We don't have that in golf. We less of that in golf. That's been the most interesting thing that's happened this week is the Charlie yeah. Hall, Georgia Hall thing. And I think this event and the format of this event reminds me most – I think the best comp is uh, Davis Cup, where you basically have four-man teams as well, and there's always a bit of controversy about the Davis Cup and availability of players and uh, – Players in in Australia not necessarily putting Australia first, yep. and uh, we love organising their schedule around the Davis Cup because that's actually a much bigger commitment. The Davis Cup, I would love to see with this thing some sort of uh, multi week thing where like it's a bit of a race to make the team. Mm. I know it has that already with the world rankings; it's all based on the world rankings, but um, just a bit more of a countdown. And hopefully, this event will get that bit of momentum. The other thing that gives it a bit of a Davis Cup comparison is on the final day, it's two singles and one four ball, which, is, again, is very similar it's to a Davis Cup with the singles and, and doubles match. Um, have, have you decided what the the double uh, the four ball team will be for those that final day, Sarah, if you get through? I think it's uh, foursomes. I think it's a foursomes and two singles. Oh, it's um, foursomes and two singles. That's right. Have I got that right? Uh, I believe, yeah. Yeah. I- there might be um, four ball in the semis have, and then foursomes for the fire. Who knows? It's very complicated. Yeah, I probably should know, right? <laughs> well, um, get there and then you'll find yeah. out, Sarah. <laughs> Take it to the final and then you'll find out. They'll tell you before you hit off what you're <laughs> playing. You'll be okay. We'll, uh, we'll have to let you go. One thing uh, I, did, I, I did want to ask you about, Sarah, was that it's not just golf that contributes. Um, it's being a part of a team is it brings other elements as well. I feel like you're going to contribute something real. Is there anybody there who's taking the role of captain or sort of quasi-captain? And where do you sit in that pecking order? Um, I would say it's kind of been Minji, to be honest. We've sort of been asking her the questions like, oh, what do we do here? What did you do in this, you know, last time? And how did how does this work? Um, so she's sort of taken the captain role. Um, we pick on Steph. Uh, Steph is really easy to pick on. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, it's Greeny and I are just, you know, whatever. Um, we'll go, go with the flow. Um, yeah, Steph's annoying and Minji's our captain. <laughs> Good. I like a bit of fake controversy there. Yeah, exactly. Just some, see what we can cook up to. That's exactly <laughs> right. When we, by the time we get to yeah. the final, we'll have something between you and Steph that's going to go international and viral. Uh, Sarah, it's been great for you to have a chat to us. We really do appreciate it in what is a hugely busy week. But well, congratulations on making the team. It's fantastic that you've done it. Pass on our best to the rest of the team as well. Will do. Thanks for having me. Good on you. Thanks, Sarah. Sarah Kemp there coming to us from California. She had her taking the time. I saw her schedule. She sent it to me for what they had on on Wednesday. It was literally not a minute to spare, so it was terrific of her to mm-hmm. uh, take some time to have a chat to us today. We now welcome back in. We tried to get Jimmy Emanuel in on the call with uh, with Sarah, but digitally it didn't work because, Jimmy, you're in PNG, and I'm going to hazard a guess that the Wi-Fi in PNG is not as strong as what we find here in Sydney, which is not the best in the world either. Uh, I'd say compared to Sydney, we're uh, in the dial-up age here, maybe not even. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So apologies. It would have been great to have your board because I know that you know, Sarah, and you would have had no doubt some interesting questions to ask her. But you're not in an interesting part of the world yourself. We touched on this tournament, I think, last week, or maybe it was in the Playing From The Tips podcast. These these kind of events in places like Pange are actually really important, aren't they, Jimmy? What's the vibe like up there? And what does golf look like in Papua New Guinea? 
yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's good and it is important. I mean, it's it's hundred eighty thousand dollar event, so it's it's not to be sneezed at. And there's a few names you'd recognise from the Aussie Tour playing. Um, and yeah, it's, it, the vibe's great. But we were here yesterday for the prime, and then a shootout before the tournament starts, and all the players hang around with the members and the amateurs and sponsors, and there's marquees put up and everything like that. So yeah, it's it's cool. It's a bit different, but it's fun. What about culturally for Papua New Guinea itself? What's the golf? What's golf look like in PNG? And is there a place for golf for the local population? Is that an element of this tournament of sort of spreading the word for want of a better term? Well, there's quite a few, a number of locals in the field, um, amateurs and including uh, the Prime Minister of the country who's actually playing this week. Um, but So there is locals. Look, at it, Royal Port Moresby here is is a private club, so uh, I'm not too sure of the, the public golf layout around here, but um, I'll find out more as the week goes on. But, yeah, there's certainly a lot of the locals involved, obviously working at the club, playing golf, and then the caddies as well. And Royal Port Moresby, Jimmy, is it uh, what? What? What are your impressions of the golf course? Logue just slipped his architecture hat on, so you'll be grilling you in great depth about Royal Port Moresby. <laughs> I, I haven't had a, enough time to give it a full dope scale rating. I'll be honest. Okay, I can tell you that down the right of the uh, down the right of the seventeenth, there's a fairly angry looking uh, female croc. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to stay away from there, but. Um, I did go down and have a look at her having a feed last night. But no, there's some cool, interesting little holes. Um, it's uh, first hole's a bit of a brute. It's like a 550-metre par five, so it's a way to start when it's muggy at you know 7 a.m. when the first tea time is. But small little greens, a uh, bit of water cut in here and there. Um, as you'd expect, it's sort of pretty natural grasses. But, yeah, golf course looks pretty fun. Worthy of the royal moniker? Absolutely. Of course it is. Yeah, excellent. Of course it is. Uh, I played yeah, golf in I've, Malaysia. I've already, I've already, Go ahead. I've already secured myself a Royal Port Moresby bucket hat. So nice of work. Course it is. There won't nice be many work. of them running around on the Sydney yeah. Public Golf Course Tour when you get no, back. Exactly. It's a, it's a good a good logo too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. I might see if I can join you before I'm. <laughs> I fully expect to see you wearing it when you come into the studio next week. I once played golf in Malaysia on a grass they call cow grass. It was yeah. horrible stuff. Is it that kind of thing up there? Because you'd imagine that the first thing the pros are going to notice about the course at Royal Port Moresby is it's unlikely to be in the sort of condition that most Australian courses are when they tee up for a professional event. I did joke with a couple this morning about what the stint meter might be and that rolling something off the stint meter is a little bit different. But, but the, the course is actually – it's in pretty good nick. And the, guy, the players that are all here uh, – they love it. They appreciate it is for what it is, and um, they know that putts aren't going to go in as much as maybe they'd expect if they were playing at Royal Melbourne. But, um, you know, it's, it's good grass covering, but it is that sort of not dissimilar to the stuff cow grass where you get some interesting lies. You know, even tree roots come towards the edge of the fairways because they just – it's not managed as much. So there's relief from tree roots when you're two club lengths from the fairway and stuff like that, which is obviously very different for the Aussie players. But – uh, they, you know, they're, they're obviously dealing with what's in front of them. It's a great lesson in adaptation, isn't it, Logue, which young professional golfers need to learn. Even going from Queensland to Victoria, two weeks apart to play golf, you need to adapt to different grasses. Now, it might not be as extreme as what they're going to see this week, but it's a really important lesson in the playing of the game if you want to be a professional, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's that that club, ground, grass, inter- ball interaction which uh, you can take advantage of when you've got that level of skill 
to shape the ball and put different behaviours on the ball when it lands on the ground. But it's the it's the putting especially, I think. There's probably a bit of grain in those greens up there, I'd imagine. A bit. Um, I'd be understating <laughs> it, I suspect. And uh, variability in pace, just uphill and downhill and looking into the grain and down grain and from green to green, probably some variation. So those are all things that professional golfers, I think, should generally just suck it up and go, this is the same for everybody. We're going to play this and whoever, whoever copes with it the best is, is going to win. It's a great player story. You know? I love these slow greens in the next one. I love these fast <laughs> greens. It's like, well, you've got to love whatever's <laughs> in front of you. Uh, a real lesson in patience, I would imagine, for golfers and players this week, Jimmy. And some of the young players will be the ones that I'll be keen to keep an eye on and see what their response is to being out of their comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's every little thing is is different than what they're used to. I mean, getting to and from the golf course on those shuttle buses and coming through the locked up front gates and everything like that and having to, you know, go through security things, I suppose, at the golf club that are a bit different. It's, it's a very different experience. So younger guys are going to have to really have a learning experience and, and sort of go with the flow, which the guys who have been here know how to do, but the guys who haven't don't. I mean, there's there's guys as young as, I think, Harvey Young, who just turned pro a couple of weeks ago, might even still be a teenager. So it's a pretty um, interesting initiation into professional golf, but um, I'm sure I'm sure if the guys who are going to play well, the guys who are going to adapt and just accept breaks on the golf course and away from the golf course as just part of playing the Papua New Guinea Open, you know? How, how are you finding the security aspects of this, Jimmy? I know I, I actually went to New Guinea and played golf in New Guinea in the eighties. The hell is wrong with you? I, uh, well, it was it was like a like a school trip type of thing. But we went. Well, I went through Port Moresby. We stayed at some house where somebody had a. Uh, crocodile as a pet in some pit there, right. <laughs> was, which was terrifying, <laughs> and uh, didn't get to play Royal Port Moresby, but went on up to Rabaul, which was a paradise back then. It's since been um, you know devastated by a volcanic, uh, a massive volcanic incident. But uh, there was a golf course at Rabaul, which was one of the premier courses in New Guinea at the time, and the security was something that really struck me. The whole golf course was more or less guarded and uh, there, there was this <laughs> a bit of background noise Somebody, somebody's called security there right, Jimmy is security a big issue I think is the point that yeah. uh, Logue's trying to get to and I was yeah. curious myself yeah, it, it's not an issue. It's well organised, I'd say. Um, you know, coming in and out of the golf course and in and out of the hotel that we're staying this week, it's a noticeable presence. Um, and so, it's not, I wouldn't say it's an issue, but there's definitely um, you're a bit more on on edge than probably you would be covering uh, maybe a, an open championship or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's all part of it. It's just part of the experience. When, when we're looking at the croc the other day, there was a member of the security with a fairly large gun over his shoulder who was just watching it quite closely. So that was a different experience as well. <laughs> Look at these idiot tourists. I better, better hang here and just make sure that none of them get themselves yeah. killed. Myself and Jimmy Nichols from uh, the tour in Australasia were down there in a cart having a look and these guys were just casually standing there looking at it, but one of them did have a noticeable firearm if things got out of hand and mm. we were not so well prepared. Just a heads up, you can't outrun a croc in a club car. Yeah. <laughs> So also, keep that in mind. Was it recognisably chicken that they were feeding the crop? <laughs> no, we couldn't actually tell what it was, but uh, mm. it was certainly eating. That's that's no, all I know. Tourist. That's all I can confirm. Yeah, yeah, no, no. What, it wasn't. It wasn't. 
It wasn't one of the caddies. What are you? <laughs> what are you most looking forward to? Just to wrap up with from the week, Jimmy. We know the prime minister's playing, and I'm going to be intrigued. Do we know anything about his golf game yet? Currently registering for the tournament over to my right in the tournament office, but uh, no, I'm going to go and find out more today. I can tell you. Does he have an um, no, that's going to be good. Uh, to an extent, I think, but not security not, detail. It's, it's, there's a couple, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. yeah, there's a couple that tend to be around. But everything like the golf clubs, kind of very secure. Like, it, like I said, when you come in, you come through big gates and the security and everything like that. So it, inside the, the gates of the golf club is pretty, um, pretty secure already. But I think there will be a few going around the course when he's actually playing. First two rounds with Stephen Jeffress and Peter Cook, the defending champion. So, good group, TV group. Yeah, I'll be fascinated to see. I mean, it just seems such an odd decision. I mean, if he's a 12 marker or an 18 marker or something, you've got to wonder about the the uh, well, morals is the wrong word, but you know, the integrity of putting him in no, the, the toilet, but... So there's a there's a percentage of a local field. I think the mark to get in is less than ten from memory. Um, so they're all the locals that are playing are sort of single figure markers. Okay. Um, and he's actually the he's actually the patron of Royal Port Moresby Golf Club. Okay. And I was chatting to uh, the GM, who's an Aussie guy, and uh, he says, "Yeah, he's always here whenever he can be. He absolutely loves his golf and you know getting involved." I don't think it it necessarily wants to be the biggest story here because I don't know if everyone in the country necessarily wants to know that he's playing a golf tournament. <laughs> Four <but> days. <laughs> well, at least two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, uh, it's very much my first prime ministerial uh, cover- coverage. I've not done general news, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But no, it's, it's an added, in, added element that's interesting. Absolutely. But other than that, I'm just interested to watch Watch these guys, how they go at it, and all got local caddies on the bag, and you know all the members and all the sponsors come along and absolutely love it. There's there's a bit of there's D, there's DJs out there playing music. I feel like I'm back at Live Golf Adelaide. Wow, wow, PNG, it's golf, live. but golf a little bit louder. <laughs> it's slightly louder, unless <laughs> slightly louder. Ask you to turn the music down, <laughs> yeah. in which case goes back to being yes. again. Is <laughs> there a flash? Did yeah. ask to turn the music down. <laughs> Is there a flash area, Jimmy? And if the Prime Minister happens to catch fire today and shoot a good score, are they going to drag him to the flash area to be grilled by the press? No, well, there's no flash area because I would be the only journo here covering the event, I've got to tell you. But I have been handed three business cards from the local newspapers, sports editors who weren't – I wasn't here when they arrived, but all of their stuff's here. And the national of the newspaper sponsors the tournament. So uh, maybe in their sponsors marquee, where there's quite a few green cans, which is the favourite local beer of the of the tour players. Maybe maybe we'll do the flashy area in there if he gets off our and, and breaks par. Okay. Well, if the criteria is less than ten, and there's work to be had at newspapers up there, Jimmy, maybe your future lies in PNG. I was going to say you, the <laughs> expat life might suit yeah. you. I can see you like cutting open a coconut and. Yeah. Sitting Being back the, in your deck chair. The, the wizened old journo sitting yeah. back in PNG as the young pups come through to cover the tournament. Eh? You can tell them stories about the old days. It'd be fantastic. Well, mate, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued to hear the stories when you get back, and I'll be intrigued to hear the ones that we can share on the podcast when you get back, because I'm sure there'll be two categories. Oh, I think that. I think that's probably going to be uh, part of this week is working out what's shareable and what's not shareable and what's through the various channels that I'm doing work for here this yes. week. So um, at the very at the very least I'll be able to come back and show you my hat. You're and hat. uh <laughs> and tell you about and tell you about what, 
what the green cans taste like because yeah. I've already done a little expedition on that. Okay. Um, but no, it's it's like it's it's genuinely been so far that the day and a bit I've been here, it's been really good fun. Yeah, I you mean, think it'd be a bit like of a carnival. Said, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the 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 area that they were all in yesterday after the pro am and then before the shootout, which takes place from the putting green down to the eighteenth green, where they all try and hit closest to the pin on all the tour players, um, was awesome. Like all the sponsors and all the members were hanging around having a few drinks and having a laugh and all the players stayed and did did all that and absolutely bought into it, which, you know, isn't always the case at a pro end for a big tournament. They get out of there pretty quickly. So they all see all the guys that are here who've been here before say, you know, oh, it's an experience to come back and do it. And then all the guys that are doing it for the first time will I'm sure remember it and like, yeah, it's it's a golf course that's you know, we're in the early through. It doesn't exactly give up heaps and heaps of birdies. It's not going to be some stupid low score either. Oh, so it's a, a good golf tournament. And and I believe they're going to stream it locally on Sunday as well. So you might even be able to find somewhere to watch what's happening. Send us a link if you come across one. I would be mm. really interested to see. It would actually be fascinating to uh, to watch how it unfolds. Well, it's going to be a test of patience for the players and a test of judgment for you, Jimmy. So big week coming up for the world of golf. Thanks for joining us, mate. Enjoy the rest of the week. I can tell you're already off to a good start. I'm looking forward to catching up with you when you get back next week. I will. I'm off. I'm Prime Minister Watch now. <laughs> Best of luck to you. And Luke, good to have you along. Thank you for uh, sitting in on a technically challenged episode of the Good Good Golf Podcast. Indeed, we've got, we got the job done, though. Well, half of it, we've recorded it. <laughs> the, re- the rest <laughs> That's of all the week, you've got to edit I it turned and get it up, out to the public. So. I turned up, we spoke a bit. I'm leaving now. You're a designated player, aren't you? I'm designated events are designated, <laughs> but you're a designated player. That's that's how it works for you. I'm done. Here. You've done your bit. Yeah. Good luck to you. Episode 143, done and dust. We'll be back to do it all again next week here on the Good Good Golf Podcast. <laughs>